Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Let me ask you a question today, listener. Do you feel secure? I mean, really secure in your home, at work, or walking the streets? If you answered, well, not always, you're not alone. This is a dangerous world, and complacency can sometimes be deadly. Security is a moving target. Here to share some thoughts on the topic is Liberty Magazine editor Lincoln Steed. Lincoln, what do we need to know about security? Well, what we don't need to know, we're learning very quickly and Edward Snowden and, and all that goes with him has taken headlines for many months, not least of which this morning driving to work. I heard a discussion of, of what he'd done, and, and of course many people think he's a traitor. But curiously enough, I heard this morning some of the NSA people who were whistleblowers but were silenced within the system saying that they thought he did the right thing because mm. it's the only way to get it out. Yeah. But, you know, that is debatable. But what it underscores is that we're not always as secure as we think and that sometimes our security is threatened from areas we might not have imagined, not just over there, it may be here. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to discuss that a little bit on religious liberty. It's not always them or the other. It sometimes can be those that are close to us or, or those uh, views that we ourselves even hold that if we're not careful might turn around and bite us. Take away our security. So it sounds like it's important how we say things and the information that we reveal. Is that what I hear you saying? Absolutely. But and let me quote a famous quote from early American history, and I wish I could remember which founding father uh, said it. I think it was Madison, but uh, may not have been. But he said, you know, those who are willing to give up liberties for security deserve neither mm. security nor liberty. <laughs> And, and that's worth remembering in our current very tense world. While I do think, and I've said it on this program before, that some of the reaction to 9-11 in the United States was uh, an overreaction and some of the perceived threat was exaggerated for political purpose, mm -hmm. there's no question that the world today is as dangerous for not just liberty itself or the principles of liberty, but for, for direct threat against those of us who are in what we say, free countries, yeah. there are those who would take that away for different reasons, but a predominant one is a religious, let's use a kind word, intolerance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I can, I can see this dynamic stretching all the way from, from uh, the Ukraine, that in spite of what people think has a distinct religious edge, yes. the uh, conflict between uh, Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, and Islam, it's very real. And, and we'll see... This is my little ad, no evidence, but I, I'd like to connect the dots. I think we'll see, and I wouldn't be surprised to find if that uh, Malaysian airliner downing has something to do with an Islamic mm. radical jihadi connection. Mm. Because uh, people have forgotten that uh, Russia is involved in a life and death struggle with Chechnyan Islamic uh, radicals. And in the Ukraine, I think it's the Tatars or the Tatars a Muslim group very much involved in the battle for Crimea and uh, desperately want to hold off the Russian uh, inroads. So I, I don't quite know how it figures, but I believe that it's part of the dynamic. But you can go to the Middle East. Christians are being yes, killed, yes, persecuted, yes. ostracized, 
violence against them. You can go to uh, Southeast Asia, same thing. Uh, you can go to Western countries in Europe. Immigration is a, is a socially convulsing thing, but you know the subtext of immigration are religious identities. Yes, yes. And even in in my homeland of Australia, I was just down there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, hundreds of Australian nationals have gone over to Syria and to Iraq to fight these religious wars. Hmm. And I was surprised to hear that the Australian government is a little more restrained than the Guantanamo style exercise, but. They were saying that uh, they will take their passports away, make them stateless individuals. So they, they see a national threat. So security, which has always been a concern of all nations, and the United States felt secure with mostly ocean borders, but security is front and center now, and more than ever it has a religious component. So it's worth remarking on. It's worth remarking on. And, of course, always it has a, a, a civil liberties element, too. Yeah. When you, when you say now it has a religious element, hasn't it always? I mean, if you look back through history, and you've told us story after story here that religion is tied to most of the conflicts that we've been having in the last 6,000 years. Well, I don't know if I made it quite as broad, but <laughs> certainly in the modern era. Yes. But there was a period uh, in the imperial expansion when I think it was more... Uh, for uh, raw materials or just to acquire a nation. Always there was a religious sensibility that went with it. And uh, I think Germany, even though you can, I could give a long lecture about the alliance with Christian principles or, or Protestant principles against Catholicism and so on, you know, different things like that. There was a period when there were secular reasons predominant at least. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem so yeah. in this yeah. uh, immediate post 9-11 era. Religion is definitely rearing its head. Not good religion. I don't think always true religion, but religious zealotry. And that's an important point that you just made there. Not necessarily true religion. Just because a religion is up in arms and fighting doesn't make it a correct religion or a religion that we need to follow. It sounds to me that people are using religion as sort of a... Uh, a cover for doing all kinds of bad things for all kinds of reasons, but it all comes down to religion, they're saying, and there is a danger there that we are, in fact, almost going to be doing the same thing. We fight back in the name of religion when we really should be using other means and reasons, right? Yeah, and in a way, uh, (laughs) I don't want to use you as a a fall guy to set you up, (laughs) but, you know, to say that it's a cover is to uh, sort of see it from the way of an outsider from that religion. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a cover. I mean, it would be easy to deal with if it was a cover. You expose it. Yeah. No, I think these are deeply held prejudices. Really? Really? And the person holding them is not cynical. They're deadly serious. And they're empowered often because with their religious viewpoint, the other party either is a total unbeliever slash uh, the devil's spawn, Mm -hmm. or they're the bringer of heresy into their religion, slash the devil's spawn. (laughs) And and when you're dealing with that, normally calm or or even charitable, kindly people can turn into, uh, you know, ravaging monsters. And as the Bible itself said, they will believe they're doing the very will of God to kill you. That's the dynamic that enables these most barbarous acts. And I think there's an animalistic element that's come in, but it comes in through rational thinking. Uh, you know, just like you read in the Old Testament about the children of Israel exterminating the, uh, the, the tribes there. You know, that's unthinkable. We only excuse it there because this was on the direct command of God. Mm-hmm. 
And as I've said before on this program, who's to know the, the, the will of God nowadays? Yeah. You can debate that Old Testament thing, but I think today when it's some um, country uh, imam that's acting on his prejudices and gathers some followers and say, you know, Allah is with them, mm-hmm. I can't easily believe that they know the mind of Allah any more than when, you know, someone shoots an abortion doctor and says that, uh, you know, God told them to do it. Yeah. These are very dangerous things when people who a competent irrational thought, suspend it for a great prejudice where they're dealing with such an absolute evil they will commit any act themselves. And our world is brewing with this sort of stuff. And this is what I was talking about, security. Our threat is not just over there. We can see that in an aberrant form of an ancient religion slash uh, Islam. Yes. But we don't always see it in this country. As religion wakes up and the prejudices that come with it, we will find, I don't have to be a prophet to know, the models of history and Western history will be played out here again. The stress is created by this international uh, event, and those that have allied their religious and political views together are very tempted and very likely, in fact, almost certain to write that into prejudicial acts against those that differ from their religious viewpoint. We've already seen it, where they will conflate that religious antagonism with a, uh, a political identity and, a, and a, an anti-patriotic view and, and accuse someone with a different religious viewpoint of being non-American, being an, er- an enemy of freedom, and someone who must be extirpated. Mm. I've also noticed, Lincoln, that it is a lack of religion, people with a lack of religion who are just as vocal today as people with, with religions. We are being attacked by people who do not believe in God, who do not have a religion, who think that we're crazy for having one. Well, yeah, they've always thought that. And that's not to be uh, dismissed. We can moderate that a little by giving them information about our beliefs because they they fear the unknown or they think it's superstition or bigoted bias that that they can't identify with. But generally speaking, secular opposition is opposition. You know, it's from other human beings. Mm -hmm. It's not generally on the same level as a religious zealot. It doesn't have the passion here we're talking about. No, right it, it, doesn't, it doesn't consign you to subhuman yeah, yeah, status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe the Bible deeply. I'm respectful of religion, so I hope no one thinks that I'm taking a secular uh, viewpoint. <laughs> but you just got to look at it practically speaking. It's only now and then when you get a secularist mindset with, with a, a, a demonic sort of an agenda, like uh, Stalin or, or yes. certainly Hitler, yes. where, you know, as a practical matter, they think they can exterminate whole peoples. Yes, that's from a a secular point of view. But the general secular antagonism is really, I don't want to know you. Please get out of my way. I think what you believe is stupid. Mm -hmm. And it leads to things as we see in the United States with the uh, Freedom From Religion Foundation Mm -hmm. precipitating all numbers of of court challenges against religion because they don't like it. That is a danger. But I don't think it's as much danger as what we've seen in, in other Western countries where a dominant religious force tries to uh, take away all the liberties and, and sometimes a resulting civil war, they take away the very lives of other people just because they believe differently about a few theological points. Mm. You don't usually see that on just a secular difference. Well, we just have a minute and a half left on the program. What do we do, Lincoln? What is the answer? How do we find security in an insecure world? The security that I find, and I think a Christian should recognize, is that we can never be secure on all fronts uh, but it starts in our mind and in our own self as we relate to God. And, you know, it says, uh, great peace have they that put their trust in thee. You know, we have to be secure in our, in our perceptions of the divine. 
we have to be secure in realizing that within the realm of practicality, because we, you know, we don't deal in momentary miracles. Right. God can do that, but he, we live in a real world. But God will guide us. We have to have the faith, as one hymn says, that there is a uh, overwhelming providence. That, you know, God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Yes. We have to believe that there's a power beyond it all. You know, evolution's one thing, and there's the evolution-creation debate, but it must be a horribly empty philosophy to think that we're just sort of here on cause and effect, but to think that there is a, a, a divine hand or presence in the universe. We need that security. And that ultimately can override and substitute for a lot of momentary dislocations, civil wars, terrorist attacks and all the rest. It will keep us grounded. Otherwise, we're inclined, I think, to do as people in New York did. You know, one building goes down and people die and it's a horrible shock. And then they think that everyone's coming at us. We need to be grounded in a sense of who we are, where we are, and what are the real values in life. And life here and now is of some value but an eternal security with the divine is to be envied and to be aimed at. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today.